Um, why we decided to join the roundtable, I explained it this morning. Um, we found the initiative was very, very interesting and innovative. And we found that it perfectly fits with one of our uh, commitments, which is to, to improve the social and environmental profile of our product by 2020. And the second one, which is to um, uh, give 
information about our products to all our consumers through our brands uh, to make them change and to make them decide uh, whether they, they want to buy this product but based on sustainability and uh, informed choices because we want to really embed our consumers on our sustainability journey. One, this, once this said, uh, the relationship between corporate performance data and product level data, I think they are totally different things, but they can be complementary. They are totally different because the nature of it, the information is different. Um, at the corporate level, the, the nature of the information is related to the company, the company performance on ESG, environmental, social and governance. For what regard product level, um, the information is really related to the product itself and to, to the perimeter that we have defined around this product. Ideally, the, the, the whole life cycle from cradle to grave or from cradle to cradle depends. The product level information allows to differentiate, compare or to improve the product, which is not the case with corporate performance. For corporates, it's mostly about consolidated data and both serve different purposes. Corporates, as it's consolidated, will help pilot the company performance on ESG criteria, but on a product level, uh, this will help the brand pilot its performance. Uh, it will allow the, 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 the brand to, to, to pilot the, the environmental and social performance of its product. And we don't find the G, the governance aspect in, at, the product, uh, at the product level. And finally, the targets, the stakeholders that we want to address are totally different. When I speak about corporate company uh, performance, I mainly address this information to uh, notation, extra financial agencies or investors. These are the main, the main stakeholders that we use this information in order to rate the company and to, to judge whether or not they, it is worth to be invested in. For what regards the product information, um, the targets are different internally. They are very interesting for the marketing people and the purchasing and the developers to, to uh, manage uh, the, the, the development of the product and to improve it uh, based on social or environmental criteria. And externally it will help the consumers because as it is really um, about the product itself, uh, it, it, it is interesting for the consumers to have this information that they can choose whether or not they want to buy it on this criteria. So both information are different, uh, but they are because they serve different purposes, they have different targets, the nature of the information is different, but they can be complementary. If one day we manage to assess all of our products, then we can bring it at the co corporate performance level and it will be great because we will uh, address COP3 uh, impacts, which we have a lot of difficulties to address today when we, when we speak about uh, corporate uh, re reporting. And especially what happens by our consumers, what happens by our suppliers and the communities, etc. So uh, I think that they can be really complementary. No, of course they don't. They don't all exist. Thank you for asking this question. No, there are a lot of data that we have to, to go and search uh, by our suppliers, by the suppliers of our suppliers. 
uh, it's a huge work. It's a huge work. And also on the consumer side, it is really difficult to get uh, data regarding, uh, for example, uh, uh, experienced well-being, which is one of the indicators of the handbook. How can I measure with a scientific approach the way a consumer feels when he uses the product, when he experiences the product? So there is still a lot of things to do. It's work in progress, and we, I think we are at the very, very beginning of this. So actually, for the project, we analyzed, uh, that's true, one component, just to test the handbook and really the methodology gets used to it and really, uh, I mean, bring that value also to the project as a, as a feedback from the industry. That was also, the, that was really the intent of also being part of this project. So that's what we did and we did it with um, one of our suppliers who was in the project, so DSM. Um, who provides to us, for instance, this polyamide uh, so plastic grade. And so the challenges were, at the beginning, we had to understand social LCAs, social footprinting, because it's not something we, we, we've been in, um, performing until now at Steelcase. So, but the handbook and the participation really helped a lot for us to really get uh, into that topic and understand what uh, we should analyze. And then, of course, like it's the case for metrics, uh, data collection was, of course, um, first challenge. Even if it was just on one component, we had to understand how we could get more information um, from you know, tier two, tier three, tier four suppliers for DSM and also on our side, uh, like uh, how to allocate something from the production in the plant about the, the component itself. And then also understanding, like Charles said, about well-being. Uh, what does that mean and how can we try to get an idea of the well-being provided by this component in a chair. At Steelcase we know a lot about well-being because we do a lot of studies to try to understand how uh, the products we develop, um, uh, I would say, are aligned to the, to the user needs and even more and really provide ergonomics, comfort, you know, uh, safety. But when it comes to assess also what it brings in terms of added value for the consumer, it was really also a challenge. And then also for end of life and even logistics, it was tough to really try to get an idea for this component, for instance, about what it means. And then uh, to your point about enlarging the, trying to maybe someday apply uh, social footprinting to the whole product portfolio, I think that's um, maybe not for now because at the moment, as I said, we were, we, we were new when it's, uh, I mean, concerning um, social footprinting at Steelcase. So we started really to get into that one year ago with this project. So at the, at the same time for us, it was also a way to contribute to bridge the gap between academic research, investigations, uh, and industrial needs. Because that's always the point in this domain, especially uh, companies need also to work very upstream to try to test models, verify, validate, so that sometime later those methods can be used in the industry. So that, that was the intent also for us. So to come back to your question, uh, we, 
anyway, we are too new in that domain to try now to do it on the whole portfolio. So like we did 10 years ago, uh, about 10 years ago for LCA, so environmental footprinting, when we started to do that, we did it on a first pilot on products, new products, development projects, just uh, some of them, just to try to get used to it, try to see what we needed to do to implement that, uh, what we needed to do in terms of efficiency, uh, optimization, to use it, data collection, and so on and so on. So I think it's like comparable for this approach in the case of, uh, of Steelcase. Um, we, anyway, we really see the, the big potential of um, those metrics that we could generate on the lifecycle perspective for social to make some improvements like on supply chain, of course, like this was explained this morning again and also even on the user stage. So the, cons the, the customer um, use of the, the products. So I speak here about well-being. It can even bring some ideas, some more ideas of, about innovation because here it's maybe not like bringing some uh, revolution in terms of ideas, but maybe metrics to better, uh, I would say, advocate for innovation. So that was again a point discussed this morning um, metrics are needed to be to to make uh, a topic manageable. Mm -hmm. Without that, it's it's a little less easy to really uh, uh, advocate for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you can use the metrics and kind of bring it into decisions that you make about product innovations before those products are actually made. Um, and you touched on a lot of interesting points there about the, the complexity as well as the challenges. Um, so thank you for sharing those with us. Um, Derek, you said that the ASF is kind of unavoidable in the value chain <laughs> earlier, um, which is very interesting. So I'm sure that you are kind of the um, upstream component that a lot of the products uh, analyzers end up realizing at some point they come back to you. Um, but I'm curious about how you think that we can use these metrics that are coming out of the tool for decision making and for, for management. Well, the other part I think we should maybe allow into discussion because I think it's a very interesting point. Um, but decision making certainly, and you saw one of the tools today which we I think implement for a more, let's say, improved decision making is since years we do a decision making based on certain social topics. You know, if you go into supply chain, you, we look at is the code of conduct implemented? Do we have child labor? Can we find something here? And those kind of characteristics. Safety is a big topic. If you look at our own operations, certainly safety, employability, and things which really drive us as core elements, we have guidelines here and we implement this very rigorously. Still, I think the topic is what we do really assess and measure and how do we drive on certain measurements. And you know, when we started with topics like eco-efficiency nearly 20 years ago, in the beginning of the 2000s, we, we, we improved to what we call C-balance. C-balance means socio-eco-economical. And we use this now for decision-making processes in our own, own, own operations, but also when we look at customers. We, let's say, talk to customers, we help them to understand the social impact, and we try to measure as best as we can. And we had certain indicators, and Joe, you, you know of these indicators, um, in this social part, which really makes a difference, which is important for us. When, for example, look at registration of molecules, very often, regulatory bodies ask us for a socio-economic evaluation. 
of those molecules to see what additional topics, what additional values, but also what additional risks maybe bear in a certain molecule, if it's in the market or if it's not in the market. So social metrics, social measurements are getting very, very critical for us. And we had our system, we have it. And, and my colleague, Peter Saling, who is also a member of the team, you know, brought in a lot of things. So we said, let's say we can contribute. What we found out in the social metrics is we learned a lot. Right, so and we, were, we are there to shape, but now we need to change our system based on the metrics you have developed. And I think this is something which I think is one of the key messages I would like to say. Yes, it can be used in decision-making processes. It's not there yet to the full degree we would love to have it, but it's important, very important to use this kind of standardized frame in order to give guidance because comparability will be a big topic. So it's in there, but currently we are more managing based on Topics like you know code of conduct, safety, um, worker safety, occupational health, and those kind of things, measuring those as KPIs, but not in the way this, this new framework is offering. I think a more holistic approach, if really combining those various factors. Thank you. Um, and Joao, last but not least, um, <laughs> so I'm going to give you an opportunity to present on the methodology and get into the details in just a minute. But first. I'm curious to know how you feel that this tool is different from whatever else is out there right now, either at the corporate level in terms of evaluating social impact or um, different efforts that are happening at the product level. So can you talk us through those? And then, um, then you'll take my place and I'll take your place. Right. Your mm -hmm. right well, um, the way we see it is that this um, these social footprint thing is, is a kind of it integrated a lot of efforts. It integrates a lot of tools that companies already have available because it tackles different departments, different stages in the life cycle. So uh, it kind of integrates supply chain management, risk assessment, product design, waste management, community investment. And it provides inputs for, uh, for communications and marketing in different ways. So we could say that this, is, this framework is, 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 is cross-cutting. So it applies in different departments. Um, but in terms of the, tec the technicality, we can say uh, the social footprint is, is kind of uh, life cycle oriented. So we look at performance of the product along the whole life cycle. But, the uh, uh, but at the same time, it is flexible in a way that you don't have to do a full cradle to grave assessment. Uh, depending on your needs, uh, depends on what you want to communicate and, and uh, what's the goal of the, uh, of the assessment you can decide to assess only the performance of your factory mm -hmm. or your factory and the first suppliers or, or just the impact on the consumer. So it, it gives you the flexibility uh, to, 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 uh, to draw the scope of the assessment. So it kind of integrates, it's built upon all the eyes and for, for for the life cycle assessments, but at the same time it gives you the flexibility to, uh, to, to narrow down and, and tailor it the way you, you think it's more appropriate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you think that that flexibility, I mean, I know that one of the critiques of environmental life cycle assessment is that a researcher can almost tweak the methodology in his or her favor sometimes. Right. Do you think that that flexibility is a double-edged sword? Yeah, you need to be very careful. Uh, and the part of the handbook here is indeed uh, gives you guidance on how, what you can communicate and to whom and how, what are the criteria, what, are the, what you, need, you need to be careful. And obviously, if you want to do, uh, if you want to use this for external communication, the recommendation is that you need to do a complete, full life cycle search footprint assessment. 
using all the indicators. Uh, uh, but you're using, if you're using these to, uh, to narrow, uh, to, to support product, um, product design, then you can tailor the, the, the scope of the assessment. Uh, but uh, I mean, bottom line is very much depends on to whom you're communicating. And uh, if you're communicating to, to internal colleagues, uh, 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 you have another scope of the assessment. Uh, as long as you're consistent internally, and, and obviously if you go outside with this kind of data, you need to have a very, uh, yeah, you have to substantiate your claims uh, with a more detailed report. That's the kind of recommendation that's provided. Great. Yeah. So it would be lovely if you would want to. All right, okay. Right, so um, now we have the opportunity here to, to, uh, to pro share a little bit more insights on, on the methodology itself, on uh, how do you put the numbers together at the end. So uh, going from, um, starting from, uh, from a general concept of, of foot footprinting, but I uh, want to show a little bit more what is the methodology that, uh, that is proposed in the handbook, what's the steps. So as we said this morning, uh, when you talk about measuring social footprint of a product, we are concerned about measuring the impacts on at least three key stakeholders, uh, the workers, the consumers, and the local communities. And what the, handbooks, uh, what the handbook provides is indeed a list of topics. And uh, as we said, this is, this topic, we have here a list of 19 topics, uh, which is uh, based on research and also based on uh, what these people are doing in their companies. Uh, we end up with this is 19, and what we say here, this is not, uh, it's not a sacred document. And obviously, you may have all the impacts that you, want to, you may want to assess as well, so you can always put on top. As long as you're consistent in, consistent in, your, you know, in your internal organization, if you use the same type of indicators, uh, that's fine. Uh, you also notice here that for the consumers, there are only two topics, because we, had, we, we are very careful to uh, the, um, choose topics that were cross-cutting. Obviously, you can think about mobility, connectivity, that might may be applicable to BMW, but there's nothing to do with L'Oreal, for instance. So the topics there here, they were when you do the pilots, we we uh, we confirmed that these topics are applicable to at least the sectors that are participating in the roundtable. So what the handbook uh, provides is this this list of, top, list of topics, and for every topic, you have it also provides recommends performance indicators, and for every performance indicator, we provide also a reference for you to compare with, uh, which I'm going to show you in a minute. So the methodology to calculate the, the social footprint of a product is, is essentially, uh, for those who are familiar with life cycle assessment, it's very much based on life cycle assessment, uh, the methodology for uh, environmental life cycle assessment. So we start with the goal and scope here, and what I mean by the goal is you, you clearly uh, define why you're doing this. You're doing this because you want uh, to, uh, to engage your suppliers, or is you, you want to do this because you want to substantiate your, your claims in external communication, B2C. So be very, very clear, because depending on the goal, you need to be careful here, here, and there. So that's the, the, the start point. And the scope, as I just said, I mean, you, you, you define for, to start with, which stages of the life cycle you're going to include in your assessment. And from there, which of, which of the performance indicators specifically you're going to use. And then the next stage is data collection. Oh, it's horrible, isn't it? I mean, it's painful, it takes time, it's expensive, uh, it, it consumes, I mean, all my resources and my energy and my, my, willingness, to, my, my willingness to assess. 
but it's necessary. It's like when you go out for dinner with your kids and you say, you first have to eat your broccoli before you get your ice cream. So you, you, don't get, you don't get any, any assessment without data, do you? So uh, that's part of the job here. And it's, again, it's confirmed with the pilots that this is the, the most time-consuming uh, uh, stage of, of the assessment. Uh, but it's necessary. And we think that the more you do it, the more you have data that you can reuse. If you're doing it for the first time with the, the list of suppliers, for example, uh, if you don't have that data yet, you need to send that questionnaire. But you probably can reuse it if you use the same product category, uh, uh, if you do an assessment in the same category uh, uh, late in the year. So, but the first year, the first round, they are, they are, they are challenging. And then the third stage uh, of the methodology is what we call referencing. And referencing is, a, is kind of the soul of the whole methodology, is that where, where things start making sense. And I'm going to explain you. So before we talk about referencing, we just need to understand that when you do social footprints, as opposed to environment footprints, you not only have quantitative data, but you also have qualitative data. And that's the part of the technical challenge here. How can I translate text, statement, policies, whatsoever to numbers? Um, and then in the, references, uh, in the referencing stage of the methodology, uh, what happens is that it, it gives the practitioner the choice to do either do referencing and uh, following a quantitative approach, or you do it following a scales-based approach. If you choose to go quantitative, uh, obviously, you just have quantitative data. The handbook provides you with reference values, what we call, so like benchmark values, so you can compare with. And if you, if you choose to go scales-based, means you're going to use both quantitative and qualitative data, uh, you're going to use the reference scales that are also provided in the handbook. So this is the third step of the, of the methodology. And what I'm going to do now, I'm going to give you three examples of referencing, picking uh, three topics, like training education for the workers, health and safety for consumers, and uh, employment uh, on the communities. Right, so uh, for training education, the reference value that the, the, um, the handbook proposed is that for the performance indicator, number of hours of training during the reporting period is one. So what does it mean? If for my factory, uh, every worker is, is given five hours training per year, means you score higher than the reference value. Otherwise, you score equal or below the reference value. So that's, the, that's, the, that's, the, that's the, what we mean with the reference value. And then if you go do a, a scales-based scales, scales uh, assessment, you have a, a, a five-point scale, uh, so you can compare. So where are you in this uh, in this in this context? So the the, um, the zero level in this case for training education is say between 50 and 75 percent of my workers are trained occasionally. So you can score higher or lower than that reference value. That means, as you can see here. Uh, this also gives the opportunity to, uh, the companies also outperform. So we're kind of stretching the bar here and uh, making that possible and, and, and making that also, uh, making that reflect the assessment. So in some areas uh, where you go beyond compliance norms and if you outperform, that will be reflected in the assessment because you're going to be attributed with a plus one or plus two. 
as opposed to just setting a bar that limits uh, uh, the level of performance to the level of compliance. Now here, what we did, uh, we stretched the bar a little bit and saying, if you want to perform, great. This has, this has to become visible. Another example here for health and safety, we, we have two performance indicators, uh, and for, there is one reference value for each one of those. So for the number of certifications, uh, one thing that I, that I want to comment, let me just go back. As you can see here, there's a lot of subjectivity in the assessment, like what is occasionally, what's periodically. Uh, and we were very careful in the handbook, we also provide language for this. So there is glossary, we try to, uh, to check if everything was clear enough. Uh, so you can always refer to, uh, what, to the glossary and, and, and then you have at least something that you can uh, use as, as, a, as language. So for health and safety on the consumer, so we, we, uh, the performance indicators proposed are uh, the number of certifications uh, or claims regarding that, the, telling that the product contributes to better health or better, more, more safety, or, and the number of complaints regarding health and safety. And the reference values here are one and zero respectively. So again, you compare your data to these reference values and score higher or lower or equal. And, that, and this is the reference scale for health and safety. So the zero level here, uh, you say if the product does not reduce risks, uh, but there is a proceeding in place in the event of recall, zero. If the product improves health or safety, plus two. If the product increases uh, risk of disease or accidents, minus two. So you have like, again, a scale to compare your data against, and then you attribute that uh, a score. The last example that we're going to say here is uh, for employment uh, on the community level. Uh, two perform again, two performance indicators uh, are proposed, the number of new jobs created and number of jobs lost with uh, reference values. And for, uh, if you use the scale-based approach, you have again a, a five-point scale where you're going to compare against. Why 2%? Why are you talking about 2% and not 5% or 10%? This, also part of, this was also part of discussion during the development of the handbook. And this was uh, something that the group thought uh, it was reasonable or makes sense. So uh, there, was, there, there, there were loads of discussions, again, when we're developing these, these, uh, these scales and reference values. And we are very happy because we, everything regarding the communities, we work very close with the United Nations Development Program, so they helped us shape the performance indicators and the reference scales. And uh, regarding the workers, we work very close with the Social Accountability International, so some of you may know SA8000, the Certificate for Corporate Responsibility, so we are close to those people as well. Uh, and between f the phase one and phase two of the round table, we also did an external consultation where we consult organizations including the ILO, the OECD, uh, um, the World Business Council for Sustainable Development are also uh, researchers in different, in different uh, universities, including, including in California and in Berlin, etc. So we, we collect all those input, and, uh, and, and that's why that, that, that explains why the, we spent some time to develop the handbook. Right, so going back to the, to the methodology, this was the third step of the, of the methodology. Once you've been through that, then you can start putting numbers together. Because here you're still at the performance indicator level, 
but you can sum the performance indicators throughout the, the life cycle of the product or the stage of the life cycle. And then you have social autopsy score. So here you have now the final score for training education for that specific product in that specific context. You have a score for uh, experienced well-being, you have a score for access to community resources, et cetera, et cetera. So that's where we are now. And from there, you can still aggregate again, 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 and you, have, uh, you can have, starting from 19 scores, here you have three scores, one for workers, one for consumers, one for communities, and you can aggregate again and have a total social footprint score, right? And the choice of aggregations also depend on the application, depend to whom you're going to communicate this. Uh, as you can imagine, like uh, total scores can be misleading. Uh, and uh, part of the tool that we, we use during the, the pilots, uh, as I'm going to show you, we use traffic lights. So if you, if you aggregate, you still have these greens and reds and yellows beside, so you can see you have, you have a number, but you don't, you don't miss the details. And uh, two steps here, weighing. Uh, the methodology also supports weighing, although the handbook does not provide any weighing factors. Weighing factors. Uh, so it's up for the companies to decide where they're going to weigh. So you can weigh the topics or you can weigh the, stakeholder, the stakeholders. But please, if you want to do this, be very, very careful. So that's what is written in the handbook. If you want to weigh, uh, make sure you know why, explain why you're weighing, where did they come from? Did you do external consultation? Uh, so have sufficient material and written because you may have to justify that if you're going to do external communication. So bottom line is just have to be consistent. At least if, you, if you're not going to do external communication, you need to have those system, that system in place that allows people in the same company doing the same type of uh, assessments uh, uh, and arriving at the final results uh, the same, uh, like you did. So the, the, the issue of uh, uh, this has to be, you need to, to make sure that somebody else can reproduce your assessment. So, what, what you, at the end, you have a dashboard like this. Obviously, you can present the data the way you want. It's just something that we used in, during the pilots. As you can see here, we have uh, a dashboard at the level of the social topics. And uh, you can see aggregated Excel again one, one more level. So you have a scores for the, for the stakeholders and the total score. But here, what it tells me is that these uh, dark green dots here saying, you're doing a great job, either you or your, any of your business partners, because every line here is uh, a life cycle stage that you used in your, in your, in your assessment. So these, these uh, dark rings here saying either you or, or one of your business partners are doing a great job. Celebrate. Be proud. And at the same time, also saying these, dark, these dot, the red dots here saying there's something really going wrong here. Uh, please take action. Uh, so this uh, is a way to sort of visualize the results. And this can quickly uh, uh, make things clear and, and visible, and, and, and you can communicate and take action upon to, to drive improvement. So that's, that's, the, that's the main thing here. So that's, how the, that's, that's what we have now, and, and, and that's how we think uh, this is the starting point for, uh, for companies to use, and, and we hope this is going to evolve. So uh, uh, this is not the end of the road. <laughs> yep?
mentioned quite a few of the organizations that you talk with, and then we have these companies on stage, as well as um, the other nine companies that are part of the round table. So there's been um, just so much effort and thinking that's been put into um, the tool. So I've, I've just been looking at my um, cell phone and doing how it to go. So I know, I think there was another question, but, um, and I hate to stop the questions, but I would just encourage you to come up afterwards and speak directly with our panelists so that we can end on time and get you to your networking and the next so I guess just one last question, and I'll direct it to Joao, is kind of what's the next step with the tool? What do you hope will happen next? Right. Well, actually, um, our organization, we, we have been doing environmental assessment for 20 years, and uh, we have been working with methodologies for 20 years now. And we think this is just, a, it's just a, something that companies can start with, and we hope this is going to evolve and, and, and change. Uh, by the time. It's just hope that it's not going to take that much time for us to get and activate action. Uh, so the next step here is, uh, well, the handbook is ready and available, open source. Um, and the next step, we're now preparing for the next phase of the roundtable. Um, and here in the next phase, we have main, main chunks of work that are going to be uh, refined the methodology here and there, where we think is necessary, depending also on the feedbacks that we get from you. Uh, but also address the issues of implementation, how, how do I embed this in my company? So share an experience, this, these guys, these fellows are going to communicate and exchange. Uh, but also the issue of data. Could we eventually collaborate in terms of changing data, exchanging data? So these are sort of the main areas that we, and obviously also support for external communications, what kind of things, how can you communicate better uh, this kind of assessment? So these are the areas that we think uh, we can address uh, and uh, we're still kind of shaping the, the next phase round table. And, uh, and again, here is the opportunity to invite uh, industry companies to join the group and, and collaborate. Uh, I think, I don't know, maybe you can also share your experience how far have you, uh, what, how you evaluate the round table as, as, as an initiative. Maybe it would be also good to. I, I just want to make sure that we stay on track. Um, and so I hate to cut you all off. Um, but I would strongly encourage you all to come up and speak with our panelists. I believe that we have lunch one papers out there. Yes. We have one pager so that you can learn more about the tool. And um, as Joao said, you can download the tool, uh, the handbook, and, um, and it's incredibly detailed and incredibly helpful in terms of actually understanding the methodology. Um, so thank you to all the panelists. I'm really sorry to cut you off. No and um, <laughs>